Hi, this is Kara Kading, and as part of the Milliger family, I'd love to introduce you to our new podcast. Everything we do here at Milliger's is done to enhance the lifestyle of our customers. Our products and services add beauty and enjoyment and just make life a little more rewarding. We are first and foremost growers, and one of the things we do best is to open a world of beauty to people through plants. And plants enrich our lives in so many ways, from cleaning our air to making everyone feel better. And everything else that we do or sell gradually evolved from our wanting people to feel better and enjoy life. All right, we're back with our podcast, and I'm here with my mom, Chris Reisdorf. And how fun is it? I just thought this is cool that we're recording this together on International Women's Day. That's right, Kara. We're really fortunate to be able to work together. How many moms and daughters spend better part of their day working in the same direction. Every day since really since when I can remember, I've always been kind of following you along when I was little and, and grandma and grandpa too, of being able to have this as a family business is such a blessing. I love hanging out with you. <laughs> I think I was really fortunate to have a mom who was involved in the business from the beginning. And not many people realize the great role that she played. Dan Milliger, my dad, got so many accolades for all of the things that he did, and he was very present, but she was always there. At the time, in 1960, when, when things were first beginning, Dan Milliger had a rural letter route, and he was the mailman in Caledonia. So then my mom, I guess I should keep calling her Joan, but I never called her Joan. So it's <laughs> you really, can call her mom. It's yeah, okay. I get that. So mom was in charge of handling everything. She watered in the greenhouse. She waited on every person because we had no employees. She waited on every person that came in, and there, there weren't a whole lot. In fact, one time she saw somebody drive by, and she actually motioned for him to come in. <laughs> so, there are some times that I want to do that, like, yeah. you've got to come in yeah. here and see what we've got. So actually, he turned around and came in and said, you know, I just really had to come in and see what was going on here because it was not a lot of signage and a very crude beginning to our just our greenhouse and boiler room, which was the first store. But anyway, she did all of those things. And anything that was bought for the store, like a chemical or plant food. What was that? So like they would wake up in the morning. Obviously, if he is a mail carrier, he's going to be up early. He's off. And then she's coming here and bringing you guys with her? Well, we were in school by that time. But Kent and Kevin... My brothers, they're twins, they were not in school yet. Milliger's was not open as a retail establishment in those days. We had a spring season and probably opened sometime in April. After the planting season was finished, and that would probably be sometime in June, then we just weren't open. Oh, wow. And, and for how long, how many years was it like that? Well, then we would open up again in the end of August for the fall planting season. Well, you had your summers up. <laughs> yeah. In 1966, that was the year I graduated from high school, and heading off to college in the fall, my dad thought I should be helping earn my way through college. So he said, Christine, I'm going to set you up in a fruit stand. So he built. When he said that to you, just so I know. Were you thinking, oh, I can't wait to have a fruit stand? Or were you thinking, I thought, I'd rather really not. I want to enjoy my I just, summer. Yeah, a summer vacation <laughs> is what it is. 
So that time, I had no idea what that was going to be like. I was not a businesswoman. I didn't know very much about fruit other than, you know, obviously I could identify an apple and an orange. But uh, (laughs) the idea of being that person running that business was totally new to me. And at that time, this structure that my dad built was put out right in the middle of the parking lot. And the parking lot was not paved. It was just a gravel parking lot. So my mom, let's back up a little bit. Okay, let's talk about mom. So my mom (laughs) took me down to what was called public fruit in those days. And that was a wholesaler who sold to every small grocery store and to restaurants and things like that. So she introduced me to the owner, was Norm Levin, and said, this is my daughter and she's going to run a fruit stand. And he looked at me like... I don't think so. Oh, Norm. And he only knew now. <laughs> so she said, uh, don't let her looks fool you. She can do this, she said. So I have, you know, just. What's wrong with your looks? I think, you know, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know how I was supposed to look to run a fruit stand, but I think that she thought that he probably thought I was too young mm. and that I probably wasn't going to pay attention and that I was not too industrious. So that's... Surprise, Norm. (laughs) Well, he taught me a lot about business, and he taught me a lot about how to display things and the importance of suggesting things, uh, different kinds of fruit. And so we brought in special things because right away I decided if I was going to do this, I'm going to do it better than anybody I knew. And the idea of having one kind of plum, which is kind of what you have in the grocery store now. Well, we had seven right. seven varieties of plums, and wow. we had the best peaches anybody had ever tasted. And we didn't have the small, sour grapes. We had big, lush, we were called era grapes in those days. And so that became the challenge is to see how big of a business we could build and how we could introduce our customers to amazing things that they had never seen before. That's incredible. I mean, seven different kinds of plums. You just don't see that anywhere now. No, you really don't. So the fruit stand was a success. Lots of hard work, right? I mean, I just, I remember hearing stories. Right. I was exhausted. I had to go back to school to rest up. (laughs) I had, I could get there and we'd close a fruit stand on Labor Day and, and those days school started a little bit later. How many years did you have the fruit stand? Was that all just um, through college or? Well, I had it all, all four of those years and the following year. And then my brothers took it over for a couple of years. But then the business started to get larger and there was more landscaping going on. And, and we had built our big store by then. And things were evolving into yeah, different right. categories. Right. And you were actually going to school in college to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I did teach. I did teach for three years. And, and why did you go to school to be a teacher? <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I loved school and I loved pretty much all my teachers. And uh, my mom said that she thought that would be great so that I could be home with my children. So were they, af- I think they were kind of afraid that maybe this was, that Milliger's itself maybe was going to be too much work or that teaching would be easier? At one point, my mom says, I don't want you to have to work this hard. And it was hard for them because they opened and closed every day. They were the employees. Everything that had to be done was done by them. And even the greenhouses at night, 
every night in the winter, they went up to the greenhouses and walked every greenhouse. My dad would carry a pipe wrench and we had all that under hot water heat. And he would listen to make sure that every greenhouse was being heated. And nobody realizes the sacrifices that they made and what it took to start business with nothing. With nothing. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you graduated, you're a teacher, and then what happened? When Dan and I got married, he was given a, a fellowship to complete his master's. And so we moved to Eau Claire for a year. When we returned to Racine, I had the option to go back to teaching or to work at Milliger's, and I had been doing both all along. So I really had two full-time jobs, and I thought, you know, I really can't do this. And given the choice, I decided that I really wanted to be at Milliger's. And I saw the potential of what all could be done here, and it was a little more challenging for me, and began by working in the green plant room, which wasn't really much of anything in those days. So the green plant room, you're talking about like house plants and... Right. We had a small area dedicated to green plants. And we decided, given that area, that was my area of expertise, supposedly. And I hardly knew what ivy was when I first started. And so I would carry a book, a plant book, a giant plant book. And anytime a customer asked me about a plant, I'd say, well, let's look it up. And after I looked it up once or twice, I didn't have to look it up anymore. And then I gradually learned all the varieties that, that I know today. The more interested you are in your subject, of course, the easier that becomes. Pretty soon, we had the most amazing plant selection anybody had ever seen. Then I realized, well, everybody needs a container for their plants. And that was really a plant heyday. Nobody has ever seen anything like that. Because now when you order pottery, and we do order now all of our pottery from China or Vietnam or Malaysia or wherever in full 40-foot containers. But in those days, it was unheard of to buy 144 pieces of one style of pottery. So we started to do that until we had the biggest selection of pottery, and then we evolved into different types of plant stands, and then we did macrame, rope oh, the macrame, and, all that's coming yeah, back. So out. it is. It, what goes around comes around. Yeah. And I remember you talking about you and Dad even making terrariums together during this whole plant craze, indoor house plant heyday. It wasn't unusual to sell a dozen or more terrariums in a morning. We would stay late at night on a Friday night and make all these terrariums. And we called ourselves TK and, I don't know, <laughs> TQ, Terrarium King and Queen. Oh, night. Nice. And because it was a competition, of course, to see who could come up with the most interesting things. And so we terraced them and we put plants at various levels and we added little animals and mosses and so it was a really fun time, and people were just infatuated with the idea of adding greenery to their environment, which really makes people so happy, which you saw this weekend at the Orchid Show. Oh, it's just amazing to see people walk out into the greenhouse, and you could see their face light up and admiration for the beautiful flowers and things that they had never really seen before. And I feel like there's such a big trend right now with houseplants, but it was even more back then, right? Or do you think that this is a trend right now is similar to what it was? Well, I think 70s. it's similar. Um, 
Well, I don't know exactly what the difference is. I think that people are more aware now that they can do a little more research than they were able to do in those days. And uh, thank you, Google. Right. That's a lot easier. So you can even my daughters, they love to they'll get their house plants and then they'll just look it up. Right. So we work. In fact, yesterday we ordered from seven different companies in Florida to make sure that we have an excellent selection of plants at all times. So we're ordering little two inch plants and we're ordering plants that are seven feet tall and to try to fill a need for all the people that are enjoying these healthy additions to their environment. I love it. Nothing makes me happier than walking into that indoor greenhouse. So you got the house plans going. That was your first job. And then when you first started working here, things looked a lot different. What departments were missing that you have developed? Well, we had... Because now I think we have pretty much every department you could yeah. possibly think of. Well, we're selling everything but milk now, I think. We Almost. Just, yeah. We're very close. We've got eggs in the cooler. I think the first major addition that we made was apparel. And it started out by introducing sweatshirts and t-shirts that had flowers on them. We were floral driven. And so anything, you know, that had an image of a flower on it was something that we decided to carry. Then we realized that maybe somebody wanted a pair of shorts to go with that, or maybe this or that. Then it was the huge sweater novelty sweater craze oh yes and we would have at least up to a hundred styles of novelty sweaters nobody had ever seen that many and it was just it just a phenomenon and everybody owned right and people right now think about the ugly christmas sweater all those things but at that time i mean it was a we had a sweater yes yeah, and we had a sweater for every holiday right you had the halloween sweater and the saint patrick's day sweater the Easter sweater, right. Halloween, it was just every everything. It was unfortunate that it got the name ugly because women enjoyed dressing up. They enjoyed finding that sweater or they were even dated in the label. The Marissa Christina ones, I think, had right. the year on them, right? The year. I love those sweaters. I still love them now. I think that that's changing. But because it is fun to wear something novelty and unique. I still remember seeing, even as a child, those, when you talk about the flower sweatshirts, it was like a blue sweatshirt with geraniums on the front that had like this little attached little white collar. collar. <laughs> yeah, I think it still has that. I couldn't bear to throw it out. It was just... I think it might still be in your closet. It could be. <laughs> what goes around will goes it. around. Yeah. Yes, I, I will wear that. I will wear that. And it's amazing to see how the clothing department and now everything's in there, right? I mean, well, like the Bass Shoe Department. Right. And in, in the 90s, when we had uh, a store at Mayfair for a short time, was really designed originally to be a, just a Christmas store just for four months. When we were asked to move to a different location, I was walking past that open area at Mayfair and I looked down and there was a fashion show down there. And I thought, oh, we could do that. And I mentioned to the director of the mall, what would it take for us to do that? I said, I think we can do a great job. He said, well, you can have the space. The stage is already set up, and next week there's nothing there. And so we put together. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. You had a week, like the stage is there. You can use it next weekend. So, your bottles. So we had to put it together in virtually no time at all because there were a lot of people at the mall, and anytime there's something going on in center court, it would draw a oh, lot of yeah. people. 
So we sent out invitations and it all happened all at once. And so that's the history of how we came to be. And that was our real full-fledged Villager fashion show. Yeah. yeah. You were just a child. Just a child. <laughs> I remember that show because I remember being at Mayfair Mall and walking out and looking up the way that that is. I mean, not the people weren't just sitting in chairs at the regular floor level, but they were up all in the second level, all looking down and kind of hanging over the edge there. It was so surreal. So many different clothing options we had even at that time. But right. that's really evolved. We certainly didn't have the broad spectrum of what we can offer today. This last weekend was the amazing thing, the number of people shopping that department. Every colorway is available and a style. We've gravitated to a little more casual presentation. And we have something, whether you're 16 or 96, I think you can find something there. Well, I love the diversity because there is something there for everybody and different occasions. And our fashion shows, I think, have really created quite a following because it's a women's day out. They will spend the entire day here. There's lots of groups of women that get together, whether you're just bringing your friend or your mom, or sometimes there's a whole tribe of 15, 20 women that get together. Right. And the wine is flowing oh, yeah. and everybody has just a great time, but not to mention the fabulous prizes. Our vendors are already sending in door prizes. So they're normally our least at each show over $5,000 worth of prizes. Oh, it's just amazing what I mean, we what we give away. It's incredible. Or just the support of our vendors to be able to give away such an incredible amount of door prizes during the show. And then we show close to 100 different outfits from head to toe, four different segments. And it's just a ton of fun. Where else do you, I don't even know where you can go now and actually see a fashion show. No, I don't think so. Then we have a gift bag, a $40 gift bag that every person gets. It's just really a kickoff to the season of summer wear. Right. We're so excited because the show returned to in-person this past fall, and it was just so great to see everyone's joy and gratitude. How many people do you think came up and just said, thank you so much for offering this amazing experience? Right. <laughs> They love it. They love it. And so now this will be our first spring fashion show coming up since 2019. We didn't have one in 2020. We didn't have one in 2021. So now we're debuting, coming out, and the name of the show? It's just too good to be true. And I think we are so happy to be back. And I thought it was can't take my eyes oh, off. well, whatever. <laughs> I just got the whole oldies song in my head. <laughs> you're still, you're singing it. I but I think part of it is we think that Can't Take My Eyes Off of You evolves from the fact that so many women come up and they say, you know, I was wearing this outfit and everybody says, where'd you get that? They say Milligers and then say Milligers. And even after all this time, people. I didn't know they had clothes at yeah, Milligers. Right. So we just love to be a part of that surprise that we have fabulous things and we have become people's resource. So many independent stores have gone out of business to begin with. Rather than try to buy something online and not know what the texture is, how it's going to fit, if it's really going to flatter you, send it back and all of that. We are right here. We can do special orders if we need to, but 
We just have such a full array of fabulous things coming in every day. I was going to say, there's new stuff coming in every day. And my daughters, Lily's going to be 18 this month and Sophie's 15, and they love to go through the clothing department. They're always finding something. I, of course, am always finding something. And you just got that awesome top this past weekend for the Orchid Show. It looked spectacular on you in your favorite color. Oh, yes. <laughs> I make sure we're full of aqua. Yes, in the department. plenty of aqua. Thank goodness that's never And I bought some away. aqua shoes, too. Yes, the aqua shoe. I love those from Spring Step. How many, when you, and I know that you talk about this, of when you love something, especially a shoe, you want to get it in every color. Well, I started out with that shoe. I, what's the name of the shoe? Is Des or something? Yeah, Desi. Desi. Okay. So I bought it first in, in an off-white and loved it so much that I bought it in red. thought that was splashy, and it, went, it turned out it went with everything. It's a good red. And then for fall, I bought it in black. And now I was so amazed that it, we've got it in a couple more colors. We have purple and we have gold and now this fabulous turquoise. It's great to hear these podcasts, but now you and I are doing this fun thing, kind of, I don't know, sporadically in our Facebook page. We're doing the live Facebook where my mom and I will come on and just talk about, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 different things that are new and exciting in the store, just so you can actually see them and hear us talk about them in our own voice. And that shoe is debuted there. So if you want to see the aqua shoe. <laughs> well, you know, there are so many things in our store. Our store is so large that it's easy to miss some of these new little items that are, you know, many of them are $3 and up. So there's something there for everyone. And it's just a little pick-me-up, just something to make people a little happier, a girlfriend gift. You just count with things. And it keeps coming. It's just like Christmas right now. Oh, yeah. I love, uh, we had a customer come in the store last week and she looked at me and I said, oh, how are you doing? And doesn't the store look great for spring and all the color? And she said, this walking in, it feels like an adult playground. I just can't believe it. The color, the variety, there's just so much to see and so many fun categories. And people just feel better when they come in the door instantly. That's really what we're about. It's really about making people happy and enriching their lifestyle. Not that you need a ton of things, but if you choose a few good things and at least you're exposed to all the wonderful, amazing products that are available to us. So this week we're unloading another container of patio furniture. And last year, if you remember, we had trouble getting a shipment. So we've, in the last week, we've received a container last week and now again this week, and we have two more containers coming. And it's just amazing that we are working day and night to ensure that we have product so that we are not going to have empty shelves. Right. I don't think I've ever seen empty shelves here. <laughs> We're pretty optimistic. We've got a lot coming in here, which is exciting. Well, Mom, happy International Women's Day. I just want to thank you. I feel so blessed to have you as my mom and what she taught me here working at Milliger's. And yes, Getting to be with you every day is a blessing and getting to go on the buying trips and all the merchandise coming in. I'm so thankful for our time together, but also you being such a fearless leader of never, never feeling intimidated, never feeling afraid, always confident and such an inspiration to me of what can be done. Well, you, thank you. That is, that's a pretty hard active. And I don't know, I should retire so while I'm in my head. But I think, you know, you are an amazing woman and you have met every challenge and 
look what you've done with the business. Look at the farmer's market, all the events that you've planned and things. So, you know, I think that all women should be encouraged to to take stock of their innate abilities. And, you know, with God's help, I think they can accomplish more than they ever dreamed. Love that. I love that. Well, thank you for that. And I just, I love being here and I love being with you. Well, I love you, my darling. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest information and happenings here at Milligers. You can find out more details about our events on our website at milligers.com. We would love to hear from you. Send us your suggested topics and questions to me at gardengirl at milligers.com. Thanks again for listening and just keep growing.